Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I think we really got something in. What do we got? An idea. What idea? An idea for the show. I still don't know what the idea is. It's about nothing. Right. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. The Nightcap. They say, what's your show about? I say nothing. There you go. I think you may have something here. On WGR Sports Radio 550. It's the Nightcap. Jody Biasi, night number two of the week here on WGR. It's the last one you get of me. Sabres at Blackhawks tomorrow at 8.30. Then we got Bandits for you on Friday. A lot of football news today. Yesterday was a mainly hockey show. And I want to do a lot of football today, some hockey in the back half as well, but mostly football. And it's just the receivers are in my head. And that's kind of what I want to talk about a lot today. 550-550 is the text line if you want to get in on that. And at WGR550, at Sneaky Joe WGR to hit us up on Twitter. And we got a couple of interesting things going on on Twitter right now. Sal Capaccio is just quote tweeting from Benjamin Albright out in Denver that center Matt Paradis was a guy that the Bills had interest in. So there's another position that the Bills are looking at in free agency. Add that into a report from earlier in the day that the Bills are in on right tackle from the Panthers, Darrell Williams, that from Jason Lockenfora. And both of those things could affect what the Bills do in the draft and what they're looking at in free agency. 803 is the phone number if you want to get in on any of this, by the way, throughout the course of the day. Like I said, we're going to get to receivers in just a second. But... Just quickly looking at what that would mean for the offensive line, if they just if they were to sign Darrell Williams, they slot him in a right tackle. I mean, he was injured last season, but before that, really good right tackle. How does that shift things? You've got Dawkins. He's currently playing the left. He's probably more naturally fit for the right. Maybe he could even play guard. So you sign Darrell Williams, and you're either ruling out tackle now for the draft, which. Seems to be the favorite at this point. Sale put odds on it yesterday in our afternoon show. And he said, I think, 50% that it would be an offensive tackle. Receiver after that, tight end. Probably a very slim chance that running back would be it. I would hope it's a very slim chance. They're not picking a quarterback. They're not picking a safety. Anything else probably on the table, but tackle was... Kind of the consensus for like the front runner for what the Bills would do in the draft. Jonah Williams, Juwan Evans, Greg Little, like there's a b- bunch of guys. And if they sign Darrell Williams, maybe they're set at that position. Maybe that opens them up to go after a wide receiver in the draft. One point I heard earlier on the day that makes a lot of sense to me is we are Buffalo, and you do have to kind of think to yourself for a second. It might be harder for Buffalo to get star receivers to come here than it would be to get really good offensive linemen. Talking free agency there. That would lead me to a path where I'd want to draft receivers 
and sign linemen. And I think I'm okay with that blueprint for right now. If you told me that's what they were going to do, they were going to spend all that cap money in the in free agency, and they were going to go after a bunch of veteran linemen that would really improve them, and that they wanted to draft a receiver at nine, or they wanted to draft a receiver in the second and third round. They like want to invest that in the in the NFL draft. That's kind of the way I would want them to go about it. Because we know, you've heard it, the free agent class for receivers, not that great. It's a lot of slot receivers. And the few guys that are outside guys, like Devin Funchess and Tyrell Williams, you know, they're okay, but you shouldn't expect them to come in here and be some bona fide number one wide receiver. This offseason might get really interesting, though, for that position. We already know what's happened with Antonio Brown. What are we, in week four or five of that saga? Since like it really, really started to get going. It was a storyline when he skipped out in their last game of the season. But it really took off when you started to hear the trade demands. Like, out in the public. And the Steelers being open about it. And Brown being open about it. And today we got Schefter saying the deal is probably going to be done by Friday. Which to me just says that the Steelers are just sending a message out to teams. You got till Friday to outbid the Raiders. Who had to have offered one of those two picks in the 20s. It just seems like they would have done that. It just makes sense. That they would have traded or offered up one of those two picks in the 20s. To get Brown. They already have traded by for, by the way, two former Steeler receivers. They did that with Martavis Bryant. And they did it with Ryan Switzer. So it's not like they're new to this. Trading for a former Steeler receiver. And this is like the best of them. Then today, there's this chatter on Twitter. Starts with Andrew Hawkins, former NFL wide receiver, works for ESPN. He sends out a tweet, crazy rumors coming out of Cleveland. I emoji, I emoji, dot, dot, dot. Just after that, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report. Tweets about the crazy, crazy wild, huge rumor that's floating around in Cleveland right now. And that something's brewing. And we really never have gotten a lot of clarity on what that is. But what we do have is your second mention of the night for Benjamin Albright. Who gets these, I don't want to call him hit or miss. Because he throws a lot of stuff out there. But a lot of times he is right. And... He says the rumor is that he has not really heard from any credible sources, but the rumor is that Cleveland is ready to trade their starting right guard, a couple of draft picks. Starting right guard, by the way, Kevin Zietler. I had to look him up, but started 71 of 72 games that came in the NFL. Pro Football Focus had him really has a really good right guard, but he's a right guard. Him. Draft picks and another player to the Giants for Odell Beckham Jr. And this is not the first that we have heard speculation that Odell Beckham Jr. could be traded. It's definitely not. Just earlier in this offseason, Jay Glazer from Fox, his bold prediction of the offseason was that Beckham would be dealt. 
and there's been, you know, trouble in paradise there for a while. There's always been stuff with Beckham, and his... If I were ever going to use, like, a... I, I, I don't know here. Like, a doomsday clock for him getting traded, it's never really come super close to midnight. Like, Antonio Brown is, like, at 11.59. And I'm not sure Beckham's really ever got close. He's never got quite to where the Brown situation has escalated to. That does not mean that it can't get there. I could very well see that team trading him. I think it's nuts. I can't... I would never want my team to do that. But I could totally see the New York Giants trading Odell Beckham. Especially with that GM there, David Gettleman. And he's very old school. And not not just in his way of thinking, but his way of building football teams. And you see it with them drafting a running back second overall last year. You see it with him keeping the most immobile quarterback in the league, and Eli Manning, who's a few years past... A few years past. I mean, he's a lot of years past his prime, but he's a few years past what he, his playing days, really. He's still going. And they're allowing him to keep going. That kind of team is the kind of team that trades that guy. Who, to me, is the most talented football player in the world. Is he the best football player in the world? No, absolutely not. But the most talented. His talent is freakish. It's insane. And his production has matched it at times in the past. There, to me, would we'd want a bigger market for him. And if he is seriously available, which if this Browns rumor is anywhere near true, and all this other speculation throughout the years is anywhere sort of true, where you could call the Giants and you they would not hang up on you, that's the guy I really want to be going after. Because Brown's great. Brown's an elite receiver. I don't really care about the back and forth with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. I don't care about the hair. I don't care about the blonde mustache. I don't care that he was on The Masked Singer in a, in a what was he in? He was in a, uh, a, a polar bear costume or something? I don't even remember. I don't care about any of that. What I care about with Antonio Brown was his age. That he's going to be 31 if he's not already. And that his prime years if not over, are certainly, you know, he's he's on the back nine. He might, be on, he might not be near the end, but he's on hole 13, at least. And Beckham, I got a guy there where he he's not just teeing off, but he's just getting going. He's like where you just break out the, the drinks, right? You ever go golfing? You don't really get right into the drinks and snacks right away. You wait to hole like three or four. That's what I wait till at least. I wait till like whole three or four. And that's kind of where Beckham is along his career. He's 26, and you see how freakish of an athlete he is. And I think that guy's got to have at least seven years left of being one of the top receivers in the game. And even if I want to be more conservative than that, five, right? And am I getting five out of Brown? That is a lot harder to believe. And I'm definitely not getting seven. Because there is almost nobody that's producing at that level at that age. Larry Fitzgerald might be the closest thing you get to that right now. And I want to say he's young. He's, he might even be younger than a lot of people think. Larry Fitzgerald. He's 35. 
is Brown going to be doing what Fitzgerald's doing in four years? Because I know Beckham is at least going to be doing that. That's the guy that I'd want to have a serious conversation about if he was available. He might not be. We know Brown is, and that's why that was the guy everyone's been talking about. But it seems realistic. You connect all the dots on Beckham and his time with the Giants. If you connect all the dots, I think you could very you could realistically land on a spot where you could get him. You could get it. And just for a second, just for sake of conversation, we'll use this rumored package that Cleveland would be giving up for Odell Beckham that Benjamin Albright describes. Kevin Zeitler, draft picks, plus another player. And when you say draft picks multiple, that leads me to believe that maybe you wouldn't be getting a first-round pick. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. That would be like the Bills, in a way, because there's still some stuff to uncover there. Like, would you trade Deion Dawkins a couple of draft picks and Zay Jones for Odell Beckham? Of course, it's going to depend on what those draft picks are. Let's say they're a second and a third. Do I want the Bills trading Deion Dawkins a second, a third round pick, and Zay Jones for Odell Beckham? Because I absolutely do. Thousand percent. That's just a lot. It's a lot of stuff, but it's just stuff. Dawkins is good. Is he great? He's not great yet. He might get there, but he's not great yet. Zay Jones, I don't think will ever be some great receiver. He's going to be a three at best on a good team. And then a second and third round picks, really, that to me, that might be where you take the biggest hit. But I get Beckham. I get a top five receiver in the league. That's a bona fide receiver. He comes in and he's immediately the most talented offensive weapon the Bills have had in my lifetime. He immediately becomes the most talented wide receiver in this franchise's history. Similar to kind of the talking points we had with Brown. That's what we thought of Brown. You bring Brown in, he has produced unlike any Bills receiver in history. And Beckham, to a little a less consistent extent, has done the same. I would want my team to be on that phone. If I'm Brandon Bean, I even see this rumor not coming from anything credible. Like, we know it's just a rumor because we know that it's not coming from anyone credible yet. If I see that, I'm calling the Giants. Because if I'm the Bills at this point, the next thing I'm trying to find is my elite wide receiver. Or my number one. He doesn't have to be elite, but I need to get a number one receiver. That is the next step. And maybe one of the final steps on this mini-rebuild here that's taken about a year and a half. It's pretty like that's almost all they have to do. The defense is built, you have the quarterback in place. If everything's gonna come together and work, you're just missing the offensive talent around your quarterback. And like I said earlier in the show, with Darrell Williams and this center that the Bills reportedly had interest in. 
I got a lot of money that I can spend on the offensive line. Do that. I would rather use these other assets, whether on rookies or on a star player like Beckham, I'd rather use my assets to do that. This might be a dream scenario to think the Bills could ever land that player because you'd also have to think about the fact that he is a big ego, he is a big star, I understand that, I would be fine with that as long as he was willing to come here. Because I love that player. And I would want my team to want to do, if there's even a, even a hint that he could be available, I'm trying to do everything in my power to make sure that if he is traded at any point, that I'm the team he's going to. I'll outbid anyone, almost. I'd trade nine for him. I'd trade nine and stuff. Otherwise, in a little bit more, uh, you know, realistic landscape here that we're actually looking at. They have the reported interest in the guards. They've met with receivers. They met with a couple of running backs, but guys that wouldn't be picked in the first round. They've met with linemen. And what probably is going to ultimately happen here is they, they might take a receiver at nine. I think Metcalf could be in the conversation. I don't know if I love that idea, but I think that's something realistic. Like, that could absolutely happen. If you missed Chris Trapasso from earlier, check that out on demand at WGR550.com because it's been a lot of googly eyes and everyone's going gaga over DK Metcalf and his combine. I get it. He looks like a Greek god. He looks like a freak. He looks like an NBA... He looks like the Greek freak in the NBA compared to all the other guys. He's running a 4-3-3. He looks like a bodybuilder. But the one thing Chris Trapasso said to me that I've read a lot about him, which would have me a little nervous to pick him where the Bills would have to pick him. I just don't I don't understand why he didn't have production if he's such a freak athlete. And what Chris Trapasso kind of outlined today was... You know, he's not really, he's not a guy that can run complex route schemes. And he's not a guy that's going to blow by the corner, even though he's got that straight ahead speed. He's missing some quickness. So, to me, I think he's still a realistic guy. But I'd be worried about it. I don't think that's just some slam dunk. If he's sitting a nine, you got to run up to the podium and draft DK Metcalf. Even though... I personally want the Bills to be dead set on finding their next number one wide receiver. That guy has me a little nervous. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Brown, Beckham, Metcalf, the Bills plans and the draft. Really, I think this is going to be more interesting than maybe we thought. Like, I kind of thought, you know, no quarterback this offseason. It's lame. I'm glad they got their guy. But you knew the draft season wasn't going to be as spicy as it was last season. And I thought they're just going to go through the draft season. They're going to pick a lineman. Just kind of felt like that's what they would do. Just felt like it's kind of billsy. But, like, they need to do it. And they can get away with it. And just, they'll do that. 
And I don't know, this Daryl Williams rumors got me thinking a little bit. Like, what are their plans for Deion Dawkins if they really want to go get Daryl Williams? They want to move him to guard? Or they, do they like him that much at tackle? Because if they like him enough at tackle and you add this guy, then suddenly I think wide receiver becomes your front runner for the Bills to draft at number nine. Like, what else am I supposed to make their front runner? Maybe a center? I guess interior lineman could be on the table. I've heard a lot of people say there's no Quentin Nelson this year. And guard seems to be a position. I don't know. That, like, I, I read and hear a lot that guard's a position. Like, I can find that in the second, third, fourth rounds. I, like, I should be able to find a guy at some point in the mid-rounds that I don't have to spend a top-ten pick on a guard. It's not quite to running back for that. But I think there's a reason. There's, there's definitely a reason the tackles go higher. Like, what am I supposed to make the favorite if the Bills really have this plan set up at tackle where they don't want to draft one at nine? That does have me interested right now because I do want them to go after receiver. Even though, like I said, I'm nervous about the top guy, DK Metcalf. 803 is the phone number. 550 is the text line. And you can follow me on Twitter at SneakyJoeWGR. I did post the question on Twitter just to see what kind of feedback I'd get. And I was kind of going through, so I, I looked, I went, I brought up Benjamin Albright's tweet, the one with the proposed rumored package that Cleveland would give up for Beckham. And I tried to, I really did try to compare that to like what, what would that be for the Bills? And I got to Dawkins because really, I mean, he's the, only, the Bills' only lineman with any sort of value right now. A second round pick, because I don't quite think you would get the first if you're getting that good alignment, but maybe. So for this, I used a second. I started with a third, and then something inside me went, no, that's too ridiculous. But I guess it's not. I put a fourth, and then I put Zay Jones, because that's the other player. I figured the Giants won a receiver back. I switched to a fourth, and then I'm quickly finding everyone's reaction here. Even Benjamin Albright tweeted back that he wouldn't do it if he was the Giants. And I think a lot of the reaction that I found for that specific deal, at least, is... Either people that would definitely do it if you're the Bills, slash the Giants would never do it, or the other camp seems to be the I would just never want to touch Beckham because of his personality, because of his antics, and that's kind of what we've heard about Brown a lot. I'm not finding a lot of those people, at least in my reactions here, that are saying... No, I, I I like Dawkins, I like Jones, and I like the draft picks, and I don't want to do that. I don't know. That'd be my thought process on it. Let's go to the phone lines quickly before we hit a break. Bill in Wellsville. Bill, you are on the nightcap. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? I'm hoping uh, they go after that Terrell Williams from San Diego. Uh, I'd like to see... I'm not crazy about Metcalf because uh, I heard Tasker talking about he was lousy in the three-cone drill and stuff. I think they got to get guys that will get off press coverage. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I'd like uh, free agent ads on the offensive line. and then... Oh, sorry. Hold on. Continue, man. My bad. Sorry. Nope, my fault. Keep going. Well, for the, for the nine pick... I want to get somebody that is either a home run hitter or trade down. And uh, I hear that one uh, defensive tackle is amazing. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, and really, I, I kind of agree, more so I agree with you on the the home run hitter part. This is going to be a bit of a stretch, probably, but watching Kelvin Benjamin the past year and a half with the Bills has me wanting no part of any receiver like that. Big-bodied, post the corner up, positional. No, I I just want guys that'll get open. And if Metcalf is very good at the jump ball and is very good at the at the corner route in the end zone, then I don't want him. I'd rather take a guy in round two that's going to blow by the cornerback and get 20 yards open. I'd rather take the guy that's going to make a move with his route, kind of like what Brown does, and get five yards of separation between him and the cornerback. I want my guys doing that. If I can... You know, if I can get that specific with my receivers. I like that idea more. We'll take a time out here and we'll continue to roll through your calls after the break. 803-0550 is the phone number. And uh, we'll get get to some sound, too, throughout the day. Judy Batista was on with Howard and Jeremy this morning. Really good stuff from her on on the Brown and Bell situation in Pittsburgh, but the draft and uh, other stuff as well. So nightcap, Jody Biasi hanging out here for another hour and a half here on WG. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Antonio Browns, Modell Beckham. Bills rumors with the offensive linemen, the draft, all the above. All going on here on the Nightcap on WGR. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's hear one of the interviews of the day, though. Let's go to Judy Batista. She was on with Howard and Jeremy this morning. On the Steelers, guys, both Bell and Brown. Jets could be interested in Bell. Interesting stuff going on with that. And also some on the draft as well. Here's Judy Batista, NFL Network, with Howard and Jeremy this morning. On our Wester hotline to talk NFL free agency. Contact period opens Monday. And a couple of rules questions. Judy Batista from NFL Network. You can watch their free agency frenzy coverage beginning Sunday at 1 and you can follow uh, Judy on Twitter, at Judy Batista. Judy, it's Howard and Jeremy. Good morning. Thanks for coming on with us today. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. We're, we're getting uh, fired up for some football news. The draft, the combine kind of woke us up again as far as football fans. <laughs> um, right, you had three weeks slumber there. Right. There's a little break. Now we're, we're back into it. I, I want to get your thoughts on, on possibilities for the Bills in free agency in a moment, Judy. But, you know, two of the bigger NFL stories are certainly – well, in free agency, Le'Veon Bell, but also whether Antonio Brown gets traded. Uh, does Antonio get, Brown get traded, and do you have any feel for where is a good fit or where he might end up? Um, I think he does get traded because I, it's almost impossible to imagine how they could bring him back into the Steelers right now, given all that has transpired and all that he has tweeted um, since the end of the season. So I think he does get traded. Uh, you know, you see the sort of names of the teams, the Raiders, you know, things like that. Uh, look, he will be a great addition on the field to whoever gets him. He is a superior talent. He's probably the best wide receiver in the game right now. You, it's got to be on a team that can absorb, uh, you know, his personality, um, that has a quarterback who can handle his personality, Um you know, that ended up not being Ben Roethlisberger after years of them working really well together to great effect. That ended up not being the Steelers. That's a pretty solid locker room. So 
if that locker room couldn't handle him, you know, this is, it's going to be an interesting experiment to see who can drop him into their locker room and have it work. Having said that, he is an exceptional talent and an exceptionally hard worker. I mean, I and many, many other reporters have watched him after practice, you know, stand there at the jugs machine and catch hundreds of balls. So um, he's an outstanding player. It's just a matter of is he going to bring any of this baggage with him. What about Le'Veon Bell? Do you have any idea where he might end up in free agency? Well, I can tell you, sitting here in New York City, every Jets fan is yep. hoping he ends up there. I, I don't know if he'll end up there because I think he's going to have a market. Um, look, he's still a great dual threat running back. Um, you know, I think the year off keeps him a little bit fresher than, you know, a late 20s running, running back would normally be. This is normally the time where you think running backs are nearing the end. Um, but he'll be fresh. He would be, look, if he ends up on a team like the Jets with a young quarterback, he is exactly what you would want to add for a young quarterback because he provides a great receiving threat out of the backfield. He obviously is a tremendous running back. So he's exactly what you would like to put with a young quarterback who you know, could probably use some help. Um, but I think he's going to have quite a market. It's funny you mentioned the Jets, <clears throat> Judy. I saw a story this morning uh, speculating that maybe the Jets get in the Antonio Brown sweepstakes, and the idea of the I idea of them. Yeah. I'm so, I'm sorry. I don't see that. Okay, because I was going to say if they if they were to do that, like try and trade, would they actually try and trade for Antonio Brown and sign Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, I don't see that, and part of the reason is don't forget they gave up draft picks last year to move up in the draft order to get in position to take Sam Darnold. So they're actually, uh, you know, looking to trade back to pick up some of that draft capital that they gave up. You know, Antonio Brown, um, you're going to have to give up a pretty significant pick. Yes, he is extremely talented, and yes, he would be a great weapon for Sam Darnold. I'm not sure you want to pair him with a young quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, ultimately, it, it broke down with an experienced quarterback who's won Super Bowls, you know, who's clearly a dominant figure in the Steelers' locker room, I'm not sure you want to put him with, you know, a second-year quarterback who's still kind of feeling his way in the NFL. I do not see the Jets. I mean, look, the Jets made the call because Mike McCagnan makes the call on everybody just to see where it's going, but I don't see the Jets really getting in, you know, on Antonio Brown. I do see them getting in on Le'Veon Bell, and then it's just a matter of, where does Le'Veon Bell want to go? Uh, you know, there was sort of a, a buzz at the combine. I don't know how much credence you give to it, but um, that you know, Bell, you know, Bell spent his career with the Steelers, who are always in playoff contention. Does he want to go to a Jets team? You know, that's still rebuilding, um, or would he rather go to an established team that you know has a chance to? make a Super Bowl push if he adds to the roster. Let's stay on wide receivers. The Bills aren't going after Antonio Brown, but they need wide receivers. What are your thoughts on the (laughs) – right, yeah, it's just not happening. What are your thoughts on the free agent wide receiver class? Anybody you think would be an interesting fit here in Buffalo? Well, look, I mean, the best player in the free agent class is Golden Tate, but there are, you know, there are others. Um, Devin Funches Mm -hmm. um, from Carolina, you know, he had almost 550 yards receiving last year. Um, he's, you know, he's only 24. So, you know, that's a pretty good age. Um, Golden Tate is 30. Um, so, uh, you know, I could see Funchess. I, I think, um, you know, there's no question they need, uh, again, you know, you want to surround a young quarterback with talent. They need wide receivers. Uh, look, uh, they need tight ends. And obviously they need offensive linemen. You know, do, do they look at um, 
you know, John Brown, I don't know, mm-hmm. Jameson Carter. I mean, there are, you know, there are some uh, receivers, Philip Dorsett from New England, um, although, uh, you know, I think he would probably prefer to stay in New England if it's possible. He wants to be a starter, though. Um, so, you know, there are some out there. I don't consider this a particularly uh, just free agency in general. I don't think this is a particularly sexy class beyond, right. you know, Le'Veon Bell and maybe Nick Foles. Um, but there are some, you know, workable wide receivers in there. It's not considered a great draft class for wide receivers this year, so keep that in mind as you approach free agency and as they approach free agency. Do you think there's – I've read there, there's also a school of thought that maybe we'll see a number of trades, that it won't necessarily just be about free agents, that you might see a pretty active trade market. What are your thoughts on that? We've seen that more and more over the last few years, right? It used, there used to be a time when there were no trades in the NFL, right, because everybody would say, well, it's too hard to do with the salary cap and everything, but – over the last few years, as, as the cap has expanded, frankly, and so teams have more cap space to play with, uh, we've seen more trades. Um, so I, I would not be surprised if, if we see more trades this year. Um, and again, it, you know, with it not being a flush free agency class, especially since yesterday with all the franchise tax taking all the pass rushers, the top pass rushers mm-hmm. off the market, um, you know, I, it may open the door for more trades. Uh, you know, teams... Teams are getting more creative. Um, you're seeing a whole wave of younger general managers, um, I think, over the last you know, two or three years who think more outside the box and who are not sort of hamstrung by the idea that, oh, you can't really do trades in the NFL. They, they try everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that may be a way they go this year. Yeah, Brandon Bean's been pretty active here since he got the job in terms of, right. of trades in and out. The I did want to ask you a rules question. The competition committee met, and the idea of a sky judge is being kicked around. Um, okay, you're laughing already. Um, I, I, I guess I guess there's so it, it's it's hard to ask a question about it because there, you'd have to define what exactly the sky judge is going to do. But how did it go over? I guess first of all, do you think that's something that realistically could be put in place for next season? Um, I think it's possibly the only thing that could be put in place for next season. Uh, the competition committee meets for three days during the combine. They have another set of meetings coming up, and then they go into the big league meeting at the end of the month. Um, and there's a lot of reluctance to expand replay generally. So there's a lot of reluctance to say, let's make pass interference reviewable. They don't want to do that. The Sky Judge, in theory, and this is very much at the beginning stages, but the Sky Judge would only have a small purview of calls. So, you know, roughing the passer, personal foul, pass interference, you know, probably helmet hits, hits to the head. Mm -hmm. Um, Small number of plays that he would have purview over and possibly a restricted period during the games when he would have purview. So maybe, you know, the last two minutes of the first half, the last four minutes of a game. um, And his mandate would be to catch the egregious mistakes, the egregious wrong calls or the egregiously missed calls, which is what we saw in the NFC Championship. So, so the Sky Judge, in yes. theory, would would have would have buzzed in the in the NFC Championship game, Judy. In theory, the Sky Judge would have the ability to buzz down and say, "Hey, guy, before yes. the next snap, you missed the call. It's a, it's you just missed a that pass interference correct. call." Okay. That would be and 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 again, it would only be during a very finite period of the game. This is at least what they were discussing at the combine. Mm-hmm. The, there are a number of issues there. First of all, how, what kind of fouls would he have purview over? You know, at what points in the game would he be allowed to, you know, to have a role? 
And finally, incredibly, where are you going to get these guys from or women from? Because it would be an eighth member of the officiating crew. They would not be in New York. They'd be in the stadium. It's obviously a very powerful position because for the amount of time that they would be allowed to buzz in, they'd really be able to overrule anything that happens to the officiating crew on the field. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have an experienced official doing that. You don't want to take your best officials off the field because they've got the entire 60 minutes under their control. Mm. So that's a big question is where would they get those officials from? Um, But that's the idea that they left Indianapolis with the competition committee with the mandate to study this, think about it, how would it be implemented? There will be a long conversation at the league's annual meeting in Arizona at the end of the month about this. They They know that what happened in the NFC championship game overshadowed everything, including the Super Bowl, frankly. Uh, Troy Vincent, who's, you know, the top executive over football operations, said we had this great season, incredibly competitive season, fantastic games, and that blown call took the air out of everything. He's right. It did. And I think they have to come up with something to show teams and to show fans that they don't want that to happen again. Open interviews for the Sky Joe. I'll do it. Yeah, just be like, uh, listen, football I've, every Sunday. I've never missed a call in my life. I've been doing great all the time. Actually, the the thing that I think You're is like an American Idol. Kind yeah, of thing. <laughs> the thing that I think is most important for the Sky Judge, if it does get implemented, is how long does it take? Can you do this in twenty seconds? You have to. It That's has all to be I real want. Time I want fast. this thing to happen fast, yeah, and right. if you can somehow streamline the replay process, then that'll be a win. Yeah, and that's a that's another piece of the conversation that's a concern they don't want to add any times to games don't forget a few years ago the mandate from the commissioner's office himself was you got to improve pace of play they don't like the stoppages so that's another piece of how would you implement this and do it quickly let me squeeze in one final question um overtime format will they change it to a guaranteed possession regardless so even if there's a, a a touchdown the other team still gets the ball No, I find that hard to imagine. Uh, When they changed overtime a few years ago, the concern was kickers were so good. They didn't just want you to go into overtime if you're the team that wins the coin flip, maybe, you know, get one first down and you're in field goal position for like, you know, a 60-yard field goal. They didn't want that. Hmm. But their feeling now is, hey, you're on defense. You can play defense in overtime. Play defense if you don't get the, you know, if you don't get the ball first. Um, I, I, I have a tough time imagining that they will change over time. You can follow her on Twitter at Judy Batista. You can watch the NFL Network's free agent frenzy coverage beginning Sunday at 1 because the contact period is Monday. And uh, Judy, NFL Network reporter. Judy, thank you for joining us on our Western Hotline today. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the offseason, too. My pleasure. Have a great day, guys. There she is, Judy Batista. Sorry, I got juped by a fake Twitter account. Fake trade. I thought Beckham got traded, and he hasn't been. So, no worries. We'll take a break here. 803 is the phone number if you want to get in on more of the wide receiver talk that we've been going through. We'll talk some Sabres in the second hour as well as we progress. It's the Nightcap Jody Biasi here on WGR. Well, I think it's just whatever path they take, right? Some guys are going to need more development down in the American League and then get an opportunity up here, and it might not happen for them right away. They might have to go back down and, and develop their game, but it does help that they play college hockey. It's a really fast skating game, and there's a lot of details in those divisions as well. So I think it does help them adjust to the American League or NHL game. Sabres head coach Phil Housley He's talking about college free agents there. Yep, we're just about that point of the season. You start learning about guys you've never heard of before who are coming from college. 
who were not drafted and they're going to be NHLers or AHLers. This is where you get your CJ Smiths, your Jimmy, not Jimmy VCs. Was Will Butcher one of these maybe? I think Will Butcher was one. Um, there have been a lot. Casey Nelson, he was another one. Two guys right now in the Sabres organization I think should be playing. I'm going to have a story up on the website just a little bit here on the Sabres and tinkering with their roster. We've tanked, we've rebuilt, but, you know, now that they should be good, we need some tinkering at the bottom of the roster. And I'll get into it a little bit more specifically in the next segment, Um, but they have basically made... They, they've not made almost any roster moves this year. Up and down from Rochester when they've needed to. They, they haven't made really one call-up without having to make one. I guess they've made a couple in the past like weeks here. But it was a long time before we got that. Scott Wilson is that maybe. Um, who other than that? I mean, O'Regan might have been that just to get a game in. I don't know. I want the Sabres to use waivers on a few guys. We'll talk more specifically about it after the break. 803-0550 is the phone number if you want to get in on that or if you want to talk about our previous uh, conversation about the Bills and tracking down a number one wide receiver. And maybe that might be more realistic now that it seems like they're looking to free agent linemen. So maybe we should start lowering the odds that they go that route in the draft. And if they lower the odds on that, you probably got to raise them up for the wideouts. That's what we were talking about with that earlier. 803 is the phone number. 550 is the text line. At Sneaky Joe WGR on Twitter. It's the nightcap here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 